How you doing? I'm Michael Bell, the voice of Duke. And if you're listening to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey to the world of G.I. Joe with Greg and Jaron, well, yo, Joe! Welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we're talking about a lot of news and a little bit of recent acquisitions. We're, get, we're ramping up for the 40th anniversary of G.I. Joe, and Hasbro Pulse has uh, wasted no time to tie in with that event. We have a load of new classified stuff that we want to look at, so let's... Play the news theme and get straight into it. Let's start with the actual figures that we've seen before we get into the digital stuff. We had seen digital mock-ups of Stalker and Tomax and Zaymot at the last live stream that they did. And now we can see the actualization of what these figures look like and will look like in reality. Which is a pretty quick turnaround, honestly, from a digital render to the actual thing. I'm guessing they are pretty far along in that process. And maybe showing the digital renders allows them to adapt to real-time feedback from the fan base. Um, So if they mess something up, they kind of get a little chance to tweak it if they need to. I also, I should say, I have got a lot of hot takes about these launches. I've got some, some pretty seriously varying opinions compared to what the majority seem to think. But we'll we'll get into that as we go. Let's start with Stalker. So this Stalker figure, I I feel like this Stalker figure looks not substantially different than the digital render, but the colors have changed quite a bit. When I first saw this Stalker figure, I could not focus on anything other than that like scarf that he's wearing around his neck, because that's not really something that comes with the original figure. And especially lately, we've seen versions of these figures that are just about as faithful to the originals as they can be. They like are not really deviating a lot like they were early on because I guess that's what the majority of people have been clamoring for. And I, you know, this stalker to that credit is pretty much follows that pattern. He, I mean, he has his original outfit and right down to the like little beret. But the issues I have with this figure are, I can sum up basically in two, two points. I don't, love the head mold for this stalker and maybe these pictures aren't doing it justice but he looks he has that dead eye look that lady J kind of had like his eyes are just kind of almost like glossed over or something he looks like he's been possessed by uh, something that's controlling him robotically and i don't think the digital render captured that i think that that i think they have taken a step backwards in this I have no interest in displaying him with that scarf. I, I think it's, uh, I mean, if you're into it, that's fine. But I really wanted my stalker to look uh, just like the original did. As a matter of fact, I actually think the the retro stalker that released is a more faithful rendition of Stalker V1 than this is. I mean, they've got the turtleneck down. The accessory placement's good. I don't understand why the colors are so muted on this stalker. Stalker should have a pretty bright green camo palette. And this is more of like a gray or, a, I mean, like a really 
dull green. And I feel like that removes a lot of what makes this figure kind of uh, eye-catching. Like, if I was a casual G.I. Joe fan and saw this in the stores, it doesn't jump out and grab it, grab you at all, I don't feel like. it's It feels real, um, I don't know, just washed out. What do you? What are your thoughts on this stalker figure? It's on the colors. The the thing is, like, if you look at the grenade and the sheath for his knife that's on his on his stomach, that's the colors that I thought it would have all been. Mm-hmm. That like brighter green. That's more of like a like an OD green, I guess is the the terminology you could use. Um, yeah. Whereas the rest of him, he looks more like an olive drab, like a lot more muted. I don't have a problem with it. I actually really like his. Uh, what are they, the balaclavas or whatever they call those scarves? Mm-hmm. Um, it makes sense. It's used a lot. I actually really like this figure. I agree. The eyes look a little weird. I'm just hoping that when they come out and you see it in, in hand that it'll look better. Um, I like that his grease, he's got his grease gun. He's got a really cool like uh, pouch on the back for it, which I thought was really cool. The the belt fed mag that he has for his like uh, heavy machine gun or his LMG looks weird because they've got a spot where you can like clip it onto his his right leg uh, if you see the picture of him like standing yeah i noticed that also you can see that it just looks a little weird to me but and, i mean it is what it is i do like that you can store your your accessories on the figure it just i don't feel like i would see like any realistic soldier doing that because it just seems like you're, you're leaving your ammo exposed running risk of elements and things like that getting into it and Causing potential issues. But the gun molds on these look great. They look like real weapons. Um, you know, and we've been seeing that a lot more on recent figures. I like that they give us variation. You can you can remove that beret if you want to. You can put it on. You can put your scarf on. Um, and then, of course, it's not going to be hard to get that web gear off if you, if you need to. I actually, I think, in my opinion, this is one of my favorite actual looks of figures so far. Um, I get that it's it's not a perfect representation, but... I don't know. Something about it, I just, I really enjoy. Yeah, I don't hate any of these figures, so I don't want my critique to come off as, like, uh, overly negative. You're just a hater. We we get it, Greg. <laughs> you, you, we all know that you hate on everything G.I. Joe. <laughs> and I'm not opposed to making changes to the designs of the figures. I just, they have kind of spoiled us up to this point with pretty faithful renditions. I feel like they deviated from this with no clear purpose as to why. Well, because they have to, they have to give the Walmart their exclusive, which is an exact one-to-one re- <laughs> recreation. What wouldn't that be, I mean, like, honestly, you say that jokingly, but I could see this being exactly like we are experiencing with Gung Ho, where you buy one and you're like, oh, man, they need to fix this. And then they fix it and you're like, ah, crap, I gotta, now I got to buy another one. So I wouldn't be surprised if we if we saw something like down the line where we get another a bright green version of it later on. I don't fault them for running the long con. I mean, it'll get me for sure. I don't want to wait for something that I hope they do. So yeah, not. I mean, not a bad figure. There's a lot of good things going for it. And I do hope that, you know, the in-hand version of this maybe it has a little bit different paint apps on a face like that. You never know if they're all going to look exactly the same or not, especially when it comes down to the eyes. The detailing on that can go uh, in any direction. I've seen figures that look like they're looking in two directions at once. So I'm it could be a lot worse. We'll see what the when these are in hand. What the it's really nice that we're finally we finally have Stalker. I feel like he was one of the ones that people were like clamoring for the most. I would love it if in the next say five years, I think is a realistic goal. In the next five years, if we could just get the majority of the OG thirteen, I think that would be really cool. I would if you'd asked me 
I I don't know uh, when this line started. If I thought that was a possibility, I would have said no. But I would have never expected Breaker to arrive this early on. So, and now that the the like template for making an original thirteen figure exists, like you could reuse Breaker's body in a number of ways and produce the majority of those figures. I do have high hopes that we'll at least continue to see some here and there. And they've certainly proven that they are willing to like their character selection for what they come out is wild and i love it like they all they always have a surprise that i don't see coming that i it usually gets me pretty pumped up and and surprisingly that had not been leaked you know we'd seen a lot of leaks happening um, mm-hmm. a lot of figures that people had thought were going to happen that did end up getting announced there's still some that we we were pretty sure we were going to get announced that weren't and there's there's a cup there's one for sure that i don't think anyone would have put money on <laughs> yep um, all right, so let's look at the other two figures that we've seen actualizations of, and that's Tomax and Zamot. So the Tomax and Zamot character pack, which are beans, I know a lot of people have talked about why they're selling these individually and not in a two pack. I don't really have a clear answer for that, especially because they have had to make unique molding for a lot of stuff. You know, Tomax and Zamot are just kind of mirror images of each other. But when you make that like shoulder pad and that sash, you have to make a, a whole new piece. You can't, there's just no way to like flip it or, you know, it reuses some parts for sure, but they've had to make uh, some adjustments to make it a unique figure. Uh, no, no clearer example of that than the fact that the head molds are substantially different from one another. And I think that's such an important thing to do. Like, there's not a lot of opportunities to make these two figures stand out from one another. And realistically, you don't want them to look too different because they are, you know, identical twins. They're supposed to have a matching theme. I think these figures look great. This is an example of we want to follow the original scheme and we're not going to be lazy about it. Like, we will take the time to make the separate mold for the figure and then sell them individually. I do think that the quantities of these have got to be perfectly balanced because otherwise you'll be sitting on a bunch of one or the other. I can't imagine anybody just buying Tomax or just buying Zaymont, but I'm sure that's something that will happen, that we'll see more of one than the other over time as I guess maybe people can only afford to get one at a time and that the odds get stacked in a different way. I like everything about these guys for real. The head mold looks good. I like how one of them has like kind of like a little spurk and the one with the scar looks more serious. And I think the body mold looks great. The like bare arms are got a lot of really good like muscle detail in them. The accessories are pretty minimal on these. It looks like, but everything they've got looks good. These guns don't look real faithful to the guns they came with, but I do think they are a good fit for Tomax and Zaymont. What's your, what's your take on the old, Crimson Guard Brothers. So, I mean, I think they're they're really faithful upgrades. It's just I've never been a huge, and it's probably because I have no connection to them. I haven't read any none of the comics we've had have them. Uh, none of I haven't watched any of the, the episodes of the cartoon with them in it. So I'm just not super familiar with them yet. So as of right now, I'm like, oh, they're cool. They I I do like that they match up with Vipers. There's a picture on Pulse and probably everywhere else, but um, where like they're standing in front of a couple Vipers in the mm-hmm. background and like you can tell that their colors work perfectly with them so i think that'll look really cool once i can get everybody back out and and take pictures and then in the future when i get them i think that'll look great along with that new viper coming um i think they'll all look really cool yeah it you know the tomax and zaymod are have always been billed as the leaders of the crimson guard even though that they don't really follow up on that a whole lot uh, over the course of the line they kind of take on their own especially when they become like kind of the businessmen of cobra they you historically see them a lot in a suit and tie as they like 
manage extensive enterprises or uh, whatever whatever continuity you follow. They're all, almost always kind of like the the not the accountants, but they do seem to handle the money flow and they're up to the that deviation. So I think when the Crimson Guard comes out, which we'll talk about in a minute, I think that'll look even cooler to have them like surrounded by a Crimson Guards. Plus, they even though this red that they're using isn't quite like that Crimson Guard red, I do think it'll like complement it really well. But you're right, they look great with the Viper shot as well. Just in general, the the set building that these guys do for their diorama pictures, I think, is really really good. Has gotten even better uh, over the last little bit. It's crazy because we were talking about how well they looked when we when they first announced the whole line. Like I remember looking at that Destro and being blown away by that. And mm-hmm. now, like watching that live stream, which I can't say enough good things. The way that they portrayed that live stream, they really gave us a bunch of stuff. Um, they did an absolutely phenomenal job. But the 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 diorama that they had built for it that dude is living my dreams man like he's got (laughs) it's such a cool diorama i mean it's a full-on like cityscape war zone like it's it's pretty awesome yeah it's exceptional all the photography they released is is very very good um so speaking of the the tomax and zaymot shot with the vipers let's look at this three pack of the the cobra viper officer and viper squad so this is a it's number 47 in the series. It's like a big box. It has two Vipers and then a Crimson Viper Officer, which is something that we saw. It's like a color scheme that was created in the later years, like post-vintage, but they there is still a, um, I don't know what you call an O-ring figure that's past 94, but they made a, in those like what I call the awkward years, they did make one of these and there's a modern version as well. Pretty good color scheme for the officer is pretty criminally underrepresented. It's not, you don't really see a Viper officer like this in the comics or anything. They, it's kind of a newer concept that's being revived for this. So the billing point of this is like, I think this is a $90 set. Yeah. Which means you're basically paying, I mean, it's not exactly $30 per figure because they're billing it as it comes with a lot of extra stuff. It comes with a lot of extra weapons. It comes with those, um, like gunfire effects. I forget what you call those. Blast effects. Yeah. Like the blast effects that attach to the weapon. And so it's supposed to be kind of a, like a little bonus kit. Um, so I have mixed feelings about that. I do think that, I mean, I like blast effects, even though I don't really own hardly any at all. Um, but I would probably use them. I, I guess if I'm going to buy them, I might as well do something with them. And I don't know. Maybe once I experiment around with them, I'll, I'll find that I actually like them quite a bit. And I hate to not get it because the Viper Officer is, you know, does have a unique look to him and probably won't be available individually anytime in the near future. Well, you can actually go on to Dorkside. They sell them loose. But you really? actually spend more money per per figure that way. So they're just breaking these open and selling them loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's yeah, you wild. You pre-order a loose one, right? Or at least last I had seen. You, if they sell that for, I think it was like thirty-eight dollars or something like that for just the the officer or third. You know, it was a it was a good chunk, but they know a lot of people just want that figure. And then you sell those other two for twenty each. I mean, I would buy a bunch of loose vipers from them for twenty each. You know, and yeah. they're making money and people are getting what they want. There's some practicality there. If you've already done the legwork to army build your Vipers and you're happy with them, but I, you know, I get it. You, you're, not, you're paying less than half of what you would have to get to just for this one guy, if, especially if you don't need two more dudes or you're not interested in the blast effects and all that. Uh, these Vipers don't look 
uh, I mean, at first glance, they don't look substantially different than the ones that we've already gotten. To in my knowledge, do you see anything that stands out? I mean, in some of the lighting, the colors look different, but like they have the same. Like the the guards are inside and outside. Those red guards on the inside of their thighs, like they are. Um, I mean, they have a scarf. You know, it would have been different if I guess they didn't give them a scarf to kind of differentiate them. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy two of these. Is is what I'm planning it on. I've got I think six vipers now. Wow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably buy two of these. So I'll have two two of those and two four man squads. I think I have two, maybe three vipers. So for me, this is actually a pretty good deal. Like I I need it to kind of round out my troop building. Like to me, if you look at the whole line, it's vipers and bats. Those are the two that I'm like I'm gonna buy a bunch of these. Yeah, I get that. I do. I, I do also want a lot of bats because they're just pretty much my favorite troop builder. I've just been kind of slowly building it up. Like I'll order one and then I'll it'll finally show up and I'll go. All right, I'm going to order one more. I kept thinking I'd find them in the stores and I'd start swooping them up, but I have yet to see any in a, at an actual retail store. I didn't even. I haven't even seen a barbecue at a retail store, and that's supposed to be a fairly common pickup in most places. So yeah, we got some. We got some some people in our area that are that are quick on the draw so they sure are uh, there's some i have not seen any i have not seen any of the barbecue uh i've seen them like one major blood and then now i've the only thing i've seen recently is flints and flints and jays and cobra commanders yeah yeah same i've seen a lot of movie figures i'm sure most people have seen a lot of movie figures in the shelf there's you know poor reception of the movie plus there was a delay release and when i figures actually came out it just it was uh, not the first time the movies and the figures have not got their act together, basically. But man, those are those are better figures than people give them credit for. I love those figures. I I agree. I don't regret having them at all. I think that there's a lot of good with you know a lot of good things about them. Even if you just take them and you know modify them, like maybe you don't like the movie character likeness, take a Scarlet or like a a regular classified Scarlet, pop it on there. It's still a pretty good mold. Um. Okay, so let's look at the uh, digital renders that these guys popped out because they got a lot of stuff brewing. Now, I'm not mistaken, some of this stuff is like out of 2023. They're like really ahead of the curve of what's coming out. Well, let's go ahead and start with the Crimson Guard because that's the first one that I kind of mentioned already. So in a long-standing series of they're really getting caught up on troop builders and it makes sense that they're pumping these out because that's, I mean, you're basically printing money, right? Every army builder that they've made to date, people have gone gotten in a fury over and have purchased as many as they can so it makes sense that the a good a good well-made troop builder will outsell any regular figure i'm only going to buy you know one or two outbacks but i'm going to try to get five plus bats and i if this you know this digital render is any indicator of what the actual figure will, will look like this is a pretty great crimson guard um i'd like to see the profile shot to see what that helmet looks like from the side Everything I'm looking at here is look is on point. Just a really, I mean, like I actually like this better than the Viper. I think it's a little less busy than the Viper, and everything is in its right place. Like the color is great. The Cobra logo is huge, and even has like, I mean, again, I know this is just a digital render, but it, it, you see like texture when you zoom in on it. Like it, it looks like a real cloth or fabric. Like it has this like shading detail to it or something like little ridges or whatever. Yeah, I think it's a, such a great, such a great design. Um, it's one of those things that I'm hoping that they give them at least, at least two different, like main weapons and then a sidearm, just because I, I would like, to, I would like to have four of these. 
I think they would look really good. Um, I know I saw someone who had done a, a red custom Cobra Commander, and I just keep thinking about how good that would look with these. Oh, um, yeah. And then uh, Destro as well would look really good with these. Uh, I, I'd say, I mean, they're absolutely, absolutely beautiful designs. Uh, it's it's hard to say a whole lot because they are digital renders, but I'm sure we're going to see stuff about them fairly soon if it's if it follows the same way that they did with with the other figures of Stalker and Tomax and Zamot. Yeah, I would assume that if you know what we just saw is any indicator, whatever they have planned next, we might you know we might actually see them there. Like they might have them ready to roll. You can see that he has a place for a firearm, so it's a guarantee that he comes with some kind of pistol. And I think this thing on this other thigh is a knife probably so i would like think. that little cylinder it's kind of hard to tell because it's just black and it all merges he has the backpack on uh and that's definitely the original like crimson guard backpack so that really only leaves the you know what does he come with that like assault rifle that they originally came with i yeah i love this i even the like the little medals and stuff that he's got on his chest i think it's great don't love these little silver button things that are on the left and right side of his torso but uh, nothing that like puts me off of it at all. I think it's pretty solid. Next, let's look at Dusty. This Dusty figure is is pretty great, honestly. Falls back into the less is more mentality that I have about these figures, where he doesn't need to be outdone. His color scheme looks good. His camo is kind of weird. He has a lot of camo on his arm and his leg, but doesn't really have a lot on his torso. Just a little bit kind of like where his abs are. And I don't know if they didn't want to busy up all the stuff that's like, well, he's got like a G.I. Joe tag. He has his last name on the other side, which is Rudat spelled backwards. He even has the little American flag placement on it, which is very faithful to the original. They've decided not to go with cloth for his helmet like the original figure is. I'm not going to say that I prefer that because I think a good usage of a piece of cloth goes a long way. It was something that was minimally used in the vintage line. And so it would always stand out. Like when you would, you pick up Zanzibar, you would have real hair. That was like a big deal. Like you were like, Whoa, I've never seen a figure with this. So cool. That, that, I feel the same way, but the cloth on Dusty's helmet, it's not a deal breaker at all. And maybe for the, just in terms of modernization, it would have not fit in with the design. And I, but I think the helmet looks good. Like he's got his little I wonder if those goggles are movable like the vipers are. I believe in the live stream they said the helmet and the goggles are both removable. This uh his eyes are so far apart compared to where those goggles sit that I hope that they have <laughs> made some adjustments or you're gonna like see the sides of his eyes poking out from the sides of them. I think it's another great update of a classic design. Um I mean it's so hard because he does he he does suffer from a little bit of that like generic look to to be completely honest but I think it works for him uh, it's just I feel like you could use him to, to make a few extra people that look similar to him with different you know different web gear and different heads I'm glad that they made the head removable or the, the helmet removable I think it'll look cool too I want to see how the helmet looks though without the cloth because I think it can work I'm just trying to wrap my head around it you know i've seen a lot of like uh they do a lot of black series with removable helmets and and hoods and and it can get a little weird the bigger they are so you know you're suffering from warping and things like that but we'll we'll, we'll see when it gets in hand I, i do enjoy this figure i like the paint that he has like the war paint he has on his face um, I think it's a good. I think it's a good figure. I'm not going to say it's one of my favorites, but it's a good figure. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's not not every figure needs to jump out and go, "Hey, look at me! I'm a new awesome GI Joe." Sometimes just because it's it's 
uh, plane is the best course of action. I don't need this Dusty to surprise me or jump out at me. I want it to look like the original one. And just because the original one looks like a dude that crawls around in sand all the time, it's perfect. So, <laughs> yeah, no no, no complaints here. I think that'll be another solid addition to the team. Um, next up is Zorana. So, this Zorana figure is probably one of my favorites. But I would say definitely my top three based on this render. Really captures the you know everything that I like about the V1 right down to the like... Shoulder pads that don't connect to the shirt for some reason. Uh, she has the rips in her jeans with like pink underneath. Um, I wonder if they did that because they didn't want to show skin on her legs like that. Cause it seems weird that she would be wearing like tights underneath those jeans, but it, that's, you know, that's faithful to what the original one looks like. Uh, and the exposed like abdomen, I think is give, will give a lot of customization options for uh, other female figures. And I, the head mold, especially, I think is what sells it. The little detail, like she's got like blonde roots and then they're like changing color as it goes out. I like that a lot. Uh, it really gives it like a little bit of, of life to one of her most, you know, notable characteristics is her pink hair. It does look a lot more subdued in this picture. Like if you compare the pink to her outfit to the like, it's, it's actually more kind of reddish in the hair. I'll be interested in seeing what that looks like in person if that's because it's it almost borders on scarlet hair color. But I don't I have no issues with it. And, it, you know, maybe if it was exactly the same pink as the outfit, it would not stand out as such a unique characteristic of her. Her eyebrows are arched and she has like a mean looking like, I don't know, just like a down and gritty dreadnought vibe going on. I am very curious if she'll come with her bizarre like gun with a little spinny blade on the end. <laughs> you know, it's a, just a bizarre weapon from then that, it, but is really recognizable. Like if you're sorting through weapons and you find that thing, there's no, there's no question. It only belongs to Zorana. It's her unique weapon and hers alone. I think it's a really cool design. I like that, at least from what I can tell from this render, it looks like they're doing double jointed elbows like they had in Lady J, as opposed to the single joint that they did on Scarlet, which still infuriates me every time I, I see those figures together. Um, so it looks like they're still doing the pinless double double elbow on it. I don't have a. I got same thing with Zaymot and Tomax. Uh, I, I haven't really experienced her storyline wise, but I really dig the design of the dreadnought. Like every single one of them, I love the like they feel like someone that I would see here, <laughs> like <laughs> driving around on a Harley. Uh, it makes me feel at home with the dreadnought. <laughs> but um, I, I love the designs of all of them, so I'm glad to get another one into the line. Um, I think her original figure, like her OG O-ring figure, is such a cool and unique design. Like, it's definitely something that when you see it, you're not like, oh, that looks kind of like this or that looks kind of like that. Like, she's a very, she's a very unique character. And I think that they really recapture that in this figure as well. Because it is, it is noticeably different from anything else that they've had in the line so far. Sarana is not a figure that has had a lot of faithful adaptations since her V1. Her modern figure was like a SDCC exclusive. And I think they really botched the head mold on that. So it's nice to see something that really captures the feel and essence of Zorana. I also like the idea that we can slowly over the years, flesh out the dreadnoughts. Like they're not diving into any one specific subgroup too hard. So it's nice to build a little bit here and a little bit there. Like will we see, uh, Zartan's brother Xandar in the near future, or will we start to see some actual dreadnoughts like Buzzer and Ripper and Torch, you know, characters that will really help build out the the dreadnought 
alignment or even Azania, Zartan's daughter, which I would be absolutely, I'd go absolutely mental over. They mentioned in the live stream, they were really looking at the sub teams and the, and the things like that. So, um, I think that's absolutely something that's on their mind. So as it, it seems like they're, they're revealing a lot more figures than they were in the early. Like, it seems like they're actually really getting behind this line. And so it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see them kind of develop more in the sub teams because they they hit on that point a couple times during the live stream, talking about different sub teams. You know, talking about Tiger Force, talking about Python Patrol, things like that. They didn't mention Night Force though, so that's a bummer. I want to see some Night Force <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's probably that's probably something that will be in the pipeline eventually. And they've already like you know we have a little bit of groundwork for Night Force. Obviously, Outback would be a great Night Force addition. They'll just they'll they'll probably do try to be as faithful to original Night Force as possible and make them all SDCC exclusives so that the value <laughs> stays high on them and no one can have them. Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on to Doctor Mindbender. Oh, beautiful! So this is a great figure. Also, uh, I am especially fond of the way they did his cape which is the way they did the original Mindbender, where his arms go through the cape holes and then it kind of folds around. That's how they. That's how the original V1 Mindbender is, as opposed to the way normal people wear a cape, which would be around the neck. Uh, <laughs> but, it does, but it does make like a little kind of cool little hood behind his head as a result, which I'm a big fan of. I am curious as to what the cloth material will be made out of. In the digital render, it's impossible. I mean, for all I know, it could be like a, one of those crappy pre-molded plastic capes that they used to churn out all the time that had you know no flexibility at all they were just a solid piece but the design of the figure itself i think is flawless it captures everything that works about mindbender he's got his little monocle and it like magnifies his actual eye so his eye looks bigger as a result i don't i wonder if that is if i cracked that monocle off is his eye actually larger or did they put something in that monocle that actually magnifies what's behind it? If I remember correctly, Lenny talked about both the cape and the eye. The way mm-hmm. that I understood him talking about the eye was that it was actually bigger. Uh, okay. That they 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 wanted it. They wanted to make sure that that was something that that you could see through. Now I could be wrong. It's been a couple days since I watched it, but um, and then he did say something about the cape, and I'm wanting to say he said it was a unique type of plastic with a different finish. That was supposed to give it kind of a leather look and feel. Hmm. Yeah, this is another figure that, uh, especially if this like harness comes off, it'll be one of the earliest like bare chested, you know, other than gung ho uh, for your customizing needs. You kind of got a blank slate to work with. I really like the like gauntlets that he has on. They've they've modified those and made them like more. they're, They're like cooler looking. Almost. I could almost believe that there's like technology involved in these like maybe he has some kind of like stun you know or he like clacks them together and they activate something or even maybe like the little silver dots that are around his wrist he could be touched you know like activate things traps or something yeah that would be cool same thing with his belt buckle it's designed in a way that looks more than just stylized it looks like almost functional like a little like a little keypad or something so big fan of that yeah big fan of the way this looks all together his mustache is perfect like whoever's doing these head molds is just uh, knocking them out of the park they look so good if you look at the top of his head this could just be a digital render light thing but it almost looks like he has a shaved head at the top 
Like it has like a whitish kind of peach fuzz look. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they're implying that he's not. I mean, like bald in the way that I'm bald, where I can grow hair, but not, <laughs> but not, in, not enough to go outside with it. <laughs> I, I'd like to see what what the what the reality of that will look like if they'll if if that's just a trick of the light when they rendered it, or if there's something more going on there. But I do like this. I hope he comes with some cool accessories. Like I don't know, just like I don't want him to just come with a gun, even though he clearly has a you know, a little pistol harness here. I want him to come with like a crazy cattle prod looking thing or even like maybe yeah. a little minute, maybe just the helmet for the brainwave scanner or something. That would be cool. If they were doing build a figure stuff, this would be the perfect way to build a brainwave scanner for your classified figures, which I think would be really, really cool. I like that they gave him the original Kenner Star Wars cape. That's, that's what uh, that cape yeah. reminds me of. It does. It looks like the old like Darth Vader, Obi-Wan ones. That's just how they did yeah. them back then, I guess. All right, so before we move on to the exclusives, let's take a look at the last one in the line. I saved it the last for a reason because I have strong, strong feelings about it, and that is Kamakura. I would have, again, would have never in a million years I thought that they would pull from this. And it's crazy because I've actually seen a lot of people online being like, hey, who's this guy? So um, for, you know, we try to make ourselves as accessible to new and returning fans of G.I. Joe as much as possible. So very briefly, if you're not familiar with Kamakura, Kamakura was introduced post the Marvel 155 run, when Image and Devil do picked up the rights and resumed the comic, they created a couple of new characters. Uh, Zartan's daughter Zanya is one of the big popular ones, and Snake Eyes' new apprentice, Kamakura, is the other. Kamakura uh, ends up being uh, Sean Collins, which is the son of Wade Collins, which is one of the guys that served in the Long Range Recon Patrol of Stalker, Snake Eyes, and Tommy in Vietnam. His He is the adopted son. And you might most remember him from the final issue of G.I. Joe, where Snake Eyes writes a letter where Sean is um, expressing interest in joining the military. It's a fantastic final issue of the series uh, and has really like got a lot of like heartfelt uh, emotion behind it. And Devils do kind of ran with that. They decided to age him up over the years because the Devils do run does take place kind of in real time. We've been it'd been, you know, 10 plus years since we'd seen a G.I. Joe comic and they uh so they aged him up appropriately, gave him, you know, made him Snake Eyes as apprentice. It was a great character and kind of had his life of his own there for a while. He had, they had two spinoff series called Master and Apprentice that dived into his origin. Uh, he was in the Sigma Six cartoon. He uh, is a very good character, but when the G.I. Joe comic went back to IDW and Larry picked up with 155 and a half, he essentially erased the entire Devil's Due and Image continuity. So Sean, kind of cease to exist as a result. It gets more complicated because when Snake Eyes dies in the later IDW run, Sean is the person that ends up taking his place. He dons the Snake Eyes outfit, has trained with Snake Eyes, gets in a very similar accident that disfigures his face and turns him mute and goes by the name Throwdown, although at this time, Cobra still thinks he's Snake Eyes. That's kind of the idea is they want to present the image that Snake Eyes didn't die. So his codename is Throwdown, but they also call him Snake Eyes, which is overly complicated. Anyway, the idea that they would pull this figure out of the vault and make a figure of him before characters like uh, Jinx or even regular Ninja Force characters absolutely floors me. Uh, Maybe the most surprising reveal of the entire line to date. And I'm here to tell you that I am here for it in every possible way. Now, it's no secret that I always champion the underdog characters in the G.I. Joe universe. 
So this is right up my alley. And I understand a lot of people's negative feelings towards it. And to that, I just have to say, you don't have to buy it, but I want it very badly. <laughs> the customization option for somebody that doesn't care for the character of Kamakura is still pretty extensive because this is just a flat green ninja outfit. And they even went a step beyond and gave him the unmasked version with like the hood. So you, and, which is not something that you, you really saw a whole lot. He kept his hood on or he was masked for a large majority of the series, especially because we didn't know who he was for the first little bit. I mean, you could use this figure in another way if you wanted to. You could make him just like a disciple of the Roshikage clan and, you know, populate him with the, you know, the ninjas that trained there. But for me, having a Kamakura, I'm like 110% all in. With, with the exception of maybe Serana, this is the figure that was revealed that I'm the most excited for, which I know is a very unpopular opinion. But I'm here to tell, I'm here to represent that if, if they continue doing stuff like this, I will, uh, be satisfied beyond my wildest dreams. Like seeing this figure gives me hope that characters that I really truly love more than anything are still possibilities. I'm going to always talk about how much I want to see a classified helix because she's one of my all time favorite GI Joe characters. And I would, I would love to see deep cuts like this continue. If, you know, just if you just put one in a wave or two, you're not upsetting the balance in any way. There are, Eight reveals from this thing. You guys can give me one of those eight for some cool deep cut. <laughs> I would love to see a Zanya. I would love to see a Starduster. I would love to see a Claymore. Um, bomb Strike? Yes, a Bomb Strike would be great. And not even like a deep cut anymore because Bomb Strike got significant usage in the later years of the IDW run. So it's not outside the realm of possibility at all, in my opinion. I have a lot of hope. I hope that the reception, I know the reception of this has been mixed at best, I would think, but I'm optimistic that they will continue along this path of pumping out like good stuff. People, you know, people often come out and go and they're saying like, why would you put this guy out before Jinx? And the answer is pretty straightforward, guys. You don't want to lead with all your aces. This is a line that we hope has life for a long time. If you put out every heavy hitter in the first five years, then the next five years, everybody's going to fall off. So you have to kind of space out what you're releasing. I know that the G.I. Joe library of characters is absolutely gobstopping, but it's good to like, you know, mix and match a little bit. And then way you do bring in collectors that are interested in different uh, aspects of it. Uh, most people are probably going to be interested in, you know, a Dusty or a Mindbender or a Zorana, but bringing in, you know, you've got a troop builder, you've got uh, several major characters that we haven't seen at all. And then. Yeah, we got a deep cut. I think it's a great. I think it's a great idea. All the reveals as a as a wave, I think, is very cohesive and is fulfill fulfills a lot of hopes for a lot of different types of collectors. So that leaves our three um, Target exclusives. They are sticking with the same theme of Tiger Force, which means and Python Patrol, which we know for certain means. Hey, here's the Target exclusive. Expect the regular color versions of these later like the normal versions and with that mentality in mind let's take a look at this uh is this, i don't even know this guy's name python patrol officer python patrol soldier i don't i'm not 100 sure which this dude even is it, it was something different it wasn't just like it was something that i did not expect i can't remember what it was python patrol officer is what it is was it okay yeah so the Python Patrol officer is kind of the reverse of what I just said. He's a repaint of an existing officer and with some deviations. They've also all changed the, uh, his skin color. So you get a little bit more of a mix of uh, different representations in the Cobra Troop, you know, building, which makes a lot of sense. It was, you know, we didn't get female officers even until the very end of the modern line. And they were kind of 
shoehorned in there. So I like seeing a little bit more representation in the Cobra, the Cobra troop building. So having said all that, this figure does not interest me at all. It is one of my, it's probably the least, the figure I'm the least excited for. Just a repaint of an officer. I, I will probably, I mean, I'm going to buy one. I won't open it. I won't play with it. I'll just keep it. I have the same feeling about the stuff that I've already pre-ordered. That Python Patrol bat, I'm like, forget it. I have the regular bat now. Why would I want this? I won't, I'll want one for the collection. Enough said. And then I don't even remember who the other one is, whatever the other Python Patrol guy was. They had a Viper, Viper bat, and now this guy. I definitely don't need another Viper. I'm getting ready to order, you know, three more on top of what I've already got, you know, the style that's already classically represented. If you're into building the subgroups like Python Patrol, more power to you. This is not my cup of tea. I've got better things to spend my money on uh, than this. There's nothing wrong with this build. I don't want to come off. I don't want to come off negative in that sense. Uh, It's just not. This is just not something that interests me specifically. This is actually my favorite of the Python Patrol figures, I think. Um I actually, I, I don't hate any of them. I actually kind of like all of them. And I think that once I get them in hand, I'll probably really like them. But this is my favorite. because On the other ones, they put a lot more red into it. Um, and I'm not sure yeah. if that's, you know, I don't know a lot about Python Patrol at all. But this one, I actually like the colors a lot more. Yeah, this Python Patrol scheme is a lot more authentic to the original Python Patrol scheme. They made later figures in Python Patrol and they started to deviate from the formula a little bit, and that's where you're seeing that red from. Uh, this is a little, this is a much more true to form. Like if this was the design for the other two, I would probably love the other two. I really like the other, I like the other two. Mm-hmm. But if if there was a bat with this this design followed this color scheme. I would love it. I, I love the colors on this. Now, uh, I don't know what Python Patrol came from. I don't know what in-universe team that they did. To me, they look like a like a jungle team. So uh, they'll work well for the, the local flora and stuff around here. So they'll look really cool when I go and take pictures of them. But the concept of Python Patrol in a nutshell is that they've been painted with a, a color scheme or paint scheme that is radar reflective. So mm-hmm. they are supposed to be like kind of untraceable or undetectable when they go on these missions. Uh, even in the original line, there's only about five or six figures and they're all generic troops except for Copperhead. He's supposed to be the leader of the team. Uh, they also appear in the later G.I. Joe cartoon, the Deke era, which is the less favorable era of the cartoon where, and they have a similar, they find them, I don't know, it's a little bit less, uh, realistic. They find some kind of goofy machine that, magically instills them with the pythonized effect or whatever but it is represented in both the comic book and the and the cartoon at a certain to a certain degree this one is like a complete recreation of one of those figures sorry i just pulled it up wow that is i mean that's perfect like that the gray with the green and yellow undershirt the black pants with the tan or with the gray leg holster for the knife and the gray boots that's wow that's that's a perfect recreation in my opinion Maybe when the, as this line continues and I've got, we've got like, I don't know, five to seven different unique Python patrol people, I'll feel differently. Like you would have enough to make a sub team out, you know, out in the field and it probably would actually would look pretty cool in the like, like a forest setting, like you're saying. So maybe my opinion on this will change, but for now I'm just fine. I just feel very, you know, eh, whatever. I'll get one. It's fine. The other two target exclusives are both Tiger Force exclusives, and they are both uh, precursors to regular versions that are certainly coming down the line at some point. The first one we'll look at is Rakondo. <laughs> this Rakondo looks absolutely amazing. He looks just like the Tiger Force Rakondo. It's going to be a great regular color build as long as they like keep that kind of tan-ish color that he relies on. 
I, I, I love the hat. I love the mustache. I love the face mold. He has like detail on his cheekbones where he's like, he's making a face and you can tell it and it looks awesome. All of his like, his like web gear harness thing is real cool. It sits kind of in a unique way where the gun is laid out. Underneath that, he has like a tiny little compass that's got detailing on it to to his buckle. Obviously something that you would expect from like a jungle expert. And then I'm guessing that little uh, harness piece is for maybe like a machete or something because it's very long, much too long to be a knife. And that's another solid accessory, uh, you know, something to like chop down when you're exploring in the forest. Would be a great counter, you know, if you're filming Python Patrol in the forest. Obviously, Rakunda is the guy that you would want to put in there to go along with him. Tiger stripes look great. The green and the yellow are spot on. The only complaint I have about this figure is that on one hand, he has a watch that kind of covers up where his wrist meets his arm. And on the other arm, it really is noticeable how that jointed hand is connecting into his arm. It looks really looks like he is wearing a flesh colored sleeve and his hand plugs into it. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to minimize that when the actual figure starts production. That's the only thing that really jumps out of me. That's kind of like obnoxious looking much like when they would re they would reuse figures and they would like, Oh, he's got sleeves. Just paint them flesh colored and nobody will notice. And then we all noticed immediately and we're very upset about it. What do you, what's your thought on Rakondo? I love this, this Rakondo figure. <laughs> as far as the digital reveal is, this is probably my favorite digital render of any figure we've seen. Like this, if this comes out and looks exactly like this, it'll probably take my top spot. Like, I don't know what it is about it. The fact that the Tiger Force actually gives it just enough of a color to pop. I like the fact that, like you said, he would look really good as, like, a jungle explorer. Give him a big machete and just freaking go to town. Like, I love this figure. And actually, I love both the, the Tiger Force that they revealed. But, like, this one, to me, just his dark colors and then that little bit of pop on the yellow pants. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so speaking of the other Tiger Force figure, let's take a look at him as well. That is Bazooka. This Bazooka figure is also a very faithful version of the original Tiger Force Bazooka and is going to be another great build when it's all said and done. I really like the like weathered look on his jersey where the one and the four have got like kind of like scuffing on it. They avoided the problem that I just mentioned with Rakondo where he has wristbands on uh, to kind of cover up where that connects. This figure looks bizarrely short. Something about the way his boots are, when I look at it, it like his boots come up too high or, I mean, I guess that's just the render, but he, it makes him look kind of like. I think it's also because he's, he's very thick. <laughs> he's a, mm-hmm. he's a, he's definitely a different body mold, but I definitely, I, I can a hundred percent see what you're, what you're saying there. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to like call, I'm not going to hold that against him because I, until I see the real figure. The only complaint I have about this figure is I don't really like the color of his helmet. I think the color of his helmet should match more like his pants. Just a regular military green, I think, would be a better fit for this. Uh, everything else about it, I think, is, a, is an absolute A+. I think it looks really good. His backpack, from what I can see, looks like it's probably a pretty close rendition to what his original backpack looks like. I do hope that they take the time to give him a bazooka that is fitting for a man whose name is literally bazooka and it looks <laughs> really good. Maybe he can hold it with both hands or, you know, steady it on his shoulder. Kind of like he does in the cartoon. His the facial detail again, absolutely stunning. The mustache looks great. He's got like one eyebrow cocked a little higher than the other. So it gives him like a little bit of a personality right off the get go. It looks amazing. I, you know, both these figures look good and I want them again, but I'm going to say I'm sticking to the same rule. 
I'm trying to reduce how many duplicate figures I buy in my collection. I just want one of each, and I probably won't open them. I just want the regular versions. So yeah, I'm going to try to hold steady in that and reduce how much money I'm spending. Because up to this point, I've basically been buying to a minimum of two of each figure. Yeah. Just can't keep, if they're going to pump out eight per set, like I can't do that. I got to scale back, especially when we talk. I mean, we still have so much other stuff that's coming out that's not classified that I want. It's, I've got to uh, minimize where my spending's going if I'm going to try to get uh, a hand on everything. Yeah, I can see that, and I I agree. I, I think the helmet might be might have been a little better served to be a different color, um, and that's the reason why I like that Rakondo so much more is that it there's just that little bit of color that they added. Whereas with with Bazooka, he's got that the same colored pants, but then he's got more on his jersey, which doesn't tip it. Um, but then that helmet as well. Um, now, granted, he's got a white shirt as opposed to black, so that does inherently look a little bit more busy. But um, I I just there's something to admire about a man going into Warzone representing his favorite football team. And then maybe, hey, that helmet they'll, they'll use to build Captain Gridiron, and we'll get to see him eventually. Anything's possible at this point. Kamakura has unleashed the floodgates, in my opinion. Like, anything I see after this point, he's gonna, you're going to have to really shock me. <laughs> and I would I have no issues with Captain Gridiron. He's a crazy, wild figure, but, I, you know, he's a Joe. I'll take him. Bring me my Colonel Courage and Ice Cream Soldiers and all the other characters that people love to hate on i do like that this bazooka uh you know in the in the cartoon bazooka is kind of portrayed as a bit of a dum-dum and i'm glad that this figure doesn't capture that this bazooka really does look like kind of a kind of a badass and that's what i want from my classified line i want it to skewer towards the uh maybe realistic isn't the right word but serious i think is what i want to say yeah so that's all the classified news that we saw and buddy what a so much i know right (laughs) what a stockpile of stuff that we have in our future i've never seen such a advanced window of transparency and what they're doing building and coming you know what i mean like normally would have just sometimes that stuff would just hit the door so this i really am enjoying the way that they are handling the releases of this so far all right, so with all that behind us, let's take a look at the other side of the G.I. Joe action figure world. Let's look at the retro stuff that's coming out. I'm going to start with the easy one first. Let's look at this two-pack of the Cobra Trooper officer guys. So they, just like the Snake Eyes Storm Shadow set that uh, has already been released and most people that ordered probably have in their hand, they've desi- they designed another box. It's like a little box set, and it's the same dimensions and everything. And in it, you have a regular Cobra guy uh, just named Cobra much like they used to call him Cobra the Enemy. And then we have a Cobra Officer, uh, which is uh, really only designated by the Silver Cobra logo. I've never really put a lot of stock into officers versus regular guys. I typically would just be like, you guys are all stormtroopers. <laughs> you guys are all the, you guys are all the guys that are going to get shut up. It doesn't matter what your rank is. You're as good as dead. These are great. I mean, like, honestly, very, very faithful renditions of what V1 Cobra the Enemy and Cobra Officers look like. The weapons are solid. The figure design is great. Um, I my Honestly, they're, they're almost too close to the original ones. That seems so strange to say because they are a dead likeness of them. Jaren, you got the Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow 2 back, yes, right? Did. What are your thoughts on these, like, new vintage O-rings? I love them. I wish they would have been here two years ago and would have saved me a whole lot of money instead of chasing down a hundred dollar o-ring figure i could buy these forty dollar packs i say keep them coming uh it's not the same it's not the same it's not, it's the, not same. the same but it is the same for me because 
I don't have the attachment to those original ones. I love the design, but to me, it's the design. I don't. I I actually would be for what I do. I would be better served having these. Like I am so excited to get the the pack that they revealed on the last live stream that that um, Cobra Commander because. I can take that Cobra Commander out. I can put him in the mud. I can throw him in the, in the back of whatever vehicle I want to. I can do whatever, and I don't have to feel as guilty. I still don't feel guilty when I do it with my regular one, but at least I'll have a little bit less. <laughs> um, yeah, if if one of them if the one of them falls in the river and is gone forever, it's not going to hit your pocketbook in the exactly. same way. I get that. Uh, I do. I like the little box set theme that they have going on with these where it has like the little, there's like a little tiny box at the bottom. that's loaded with extra accessories mm-hmm. and it stores the two figures. Well, my only complaint and this complaint is I'm uniquely speaking to myself talking in the mirror is that I have a real problem opening these boxes up because I like the art and the design. So like my snake has a storm show pack. I didn't open. I, like the way they look so much in the box, I'm just like I'm going to keep them like this. I'm, st- I'm. So you haven't you haven't got to feel them in your hands yet, have you? No, I'm not really financially in a place where I can again pull the trigger on two sets. I have yeah. gotten I have gotten much worse about not opening stuff that I you know have paid a premium for for whatever reason. I can't really break the habit. Um, but so I you know I want this, uh, but in terms of like two generic troop builders that I kind of have represented in various forms over the years. I don't really know if there's a lot to be done with it. I still am having some issues with the skin tone. eye, uh, the way they're doing eyes on these figures, they remind me of the way that they were doing vintage figures post 94, like the awkward years. Uh, sometimes also call it the big lots era. Cause I could only find these at big lot stores at that time. They, it just like the skin tone is like a completely different shade and the eyes don't have the level they like they're trying to capture the vintage feel of what eyes would look like back then. But I think these figures would benefit from having more realistic eyes in the same way that, you know, the technology to make the re- the, the retro figures that just got canned have much more realistic looking faces. I think if you implemented a little bit of that technology into these figures, it would be an improvement. I don't want them to look. Well, maybe I'm maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Maybe most people do want them to look exactly like the original, uh, but I don't have a problem with them making subtle improvements uh, that I think make the figures look better. Actually, a perfect example of that is when they were doing the comic book three packs there for a while. They were basically using the original body and they made new heads. And in my opinion, those figures rule. They look really, really good. They capture the aesthetic of the original line, but the extra detail on the head really brought them, I think, like accelerated them to a new level of of design. And I treasure those figures. I think they're very, very cool era of the G.I. Joe line. So I would at least like to see what that would look like. And if you know if people don't care for them, that's fine. It's not going to keep me from buying them. I'm just like they trying to think of stuff that I think would be an improvement. My my last thing that I'd say about these is these are the only of the two pack that they've revealed so far that I'm like, meh. Like, these are ones I wish they wouldn't have done the cool box for. They wouldn't have done the cool card backs for. You could have given me these. Put four of them for 45 or, you know, something like that. Like, this is something I would have rather bought as an army builder. I'm not building these to replace the original, not to replace the original, like, 83 figures. You know, these are not, like, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to put these up on display and try to act like they're the original figures. These are going to be ones that, now that now that I have that Storm Shadow and that Snake Eyes, those are going to be the ones that I take out and I take pictures with. They look almost identical, um, and they're 
they, I have way less guilt. If I lose any part of that or break those in half, I can spend 40 bucks and get both of them again instead of spending 100 bucks each. I 100% agree with that sentiment. If these figures had been individually carded at, like, let's say, modern retro price, about 13 bucks a pop is kind of more normal. I probably would have actually spent more. I probably would have bought two of each, one to open, one to keep sealed, as opposed to paying $40 for one of each with some extra accessories that I'm probably not even going to touch, even if I did open them. Um, because when the, when they did this, you know, they did the same officer trooper set for the modern retro wave with grunt at the, in the lat, the very last waves. And I bought huh, tons of them. I probably <laughs> just those two combined. I probably bought close to 20. Because they finally started popping up on shelves. I already knew the line was ending. I thought, man, I'm just going to rack up on these while they're here because this is it. So yeah, I was like, every day you would send us another, send yeah. another message, got, got another one of these. Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, I mean, why not? After this, they're gone. And they were good troop builders and they were good figures. I, yeah. opened, I opened almost all of them. I left one of each carded. I opened the rest of them. I did, had no problems. People complain about them breaking and stuff. Man, I didn't have any of those issues. I bought, I, I bought, I probably bought four stalkers just for future customization options because I like that build so much. I really, it does yeah. really, it really pains me to see that line go away, even though the thought process is that that line died so that this vintage line can live. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I like these. When I see them in hand, I'll probably feel, you know, I'll, I'll probably be glad I got them. I, the idea of me taking them out of this box is is pretty slim. I'll probably just display them with the snake as a storm shadow. The more they make these boxes that are the exact same dimensions, the more I'm going to want to collect them, keep them in the box, and display them all together because I think it looks cool like that. Yeah. So let's look at some vintage. What's some other vintage stuff that we can look at? Actually, let's take a quick detour and look at the file card for this guy that's coming with the Sky Striker. So they when they announced the HasLab for the Sky Striker, I actually before we get into this, Jaren, we haven't followed up on this. Well, the last time we talked about both the Robo Skull and the Hazlab Sky Striker, you had decided that you were out on both, and we didn't follow yep. back up on this. But you weren't out on both at the end of it. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. I did end up backing that Sky Striker. Can you talk a little bit about your what at the last minute kind of turned your opinion? Like, why did you change your mind? To be honest, the biggest thing was hitting those stretch goals. I didn't buy the original Sky Striker as a, oh, this is a collector piece. I'm going to set it somewhere and I'm not going to play it. Touch it. My Sky Striker is played with. It is used. It's the same way I am with this, this original, you know, these newer figures. And it's, it's, I bought it as a toy and as something that I wanted and I'm going to use it how I wanted to. But man, once they started, when they announced the stretch goals, I was like, oh, if they hit these, I definitely should probably do it. I mean, once you really dig into it, especially now that you're seeing it's, 20 bucks a piece for each of these figures, basically. With the uh, the sheer amount of figures that you got with those stretch goals and then all the accessories and all of that stuff, like it was, it, it, it just became one of those things that I was like, I'm going to want to buy one of these when it comes in. So I might as well bite the bullet, eat the $200, $300 that I've, I've got to now, and that's it, you know. But it's still t- it was still tough. I mean, it's it's it was a tight thing, but... I'm glad I did it, and when it comes in, I'll be even more, uh, even more excited. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, finding the money for that Sky Striker was extremely difficult. Much like the Robo Skull, it was maybe 
48 hours before it ended where I was scraping, I mean, like literally the bottom of the barrel to generate, to make sure I had enough money to clear it. So I'm right there with you. And there's something extremely exciting about having paid in advance or something. And then realizing yeah. that at some, you know, at some point that will show up on my door. I don't have to think about it anymore. That and the Robos call both yeah. would be like, it was like a, like a little, little Christmas present. Anyway, I wanted to touch base on that because we had not covered that on the show uh, that you had kind of come back around. It's seven figures. It's seven figures. Like that's, that's quite a few figures, not counting. That's $140 if you follow the tradition, you know, the $20 each. You get, Two different sticker sets, two different uh, sets of wings. So you can make it look more like the, the original release. You can make it look more like the box, or you can use your stickers and make it look like a Cobra Sky Striker. Which I haven't made up my mind on which one I'm going to do. I'll probably de- probably debate my options until I do it, and then regret it, and you know make make dumb decisions. But then when you you go with that really cool stand, you've got armaments for for really for enough for pretty much two. You've got the upgraded detail. You've got the the new functionality where the the wings and the landing gear are independent of each other, which was something that annoyed me with the original Sky Striker. Like all these things that they've done to it, it's just to me it was it was one of those things. I was like, I I will like that. The way that is is the way I feel now about the Haslab Razor Crest. Like I really regret not packing that Razor Crest. I, I wouldn't say really. I regret backing that, not backing the Razor Crest. I would have regretted this even more because it was it was a price point that, while really difficult to get the money for, it wasn't four hundred dollars. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I went into this and I'd say there's about a less than one percent chance that I would feel disappointed in this. I feel like it's going to be an absolute yeah. hit. And you know, the Haslab has I've seen it with almost every single example. The Haslab when it is in hand always sells for more than what the what they were asking. I saw the Razor Crest selling for an ungodly amount of money. So yeah. in the in the very very slim chance that you picked it up and went, this is not what I wanted. Don't worry about it. You'll get your money back. Even open, I bet you can get minimum yeah. what you paid for it. Yeah, you could oh, actually yeah. you could probably have bought the Sky Striker, just kept the figures. Made a ton of money back just on the sky. You know what I mean? Like there's tons of options where if <laughs> yeah. you had the money to put the inv- initial investment, you can, you will be satisfied in the end. So anyway, this figure, they, when they announced it, they said, hey, it comes with Ace and it comes with Ray- Wayne Ruthel. Wayne Ruthel was one of the guys that had would work at Hasbro at that time. And they had put a sticker on the original Sky Striker, kind of implying that on the box art, it was implying that this was like his wingman. But there was no real, you know, there was no Joe that represented that. So they took the initiative and said, well, we're going to make him an actual Joe. And this is unique because this is the first figure that's new since you started collecting. So, yeah. for the, so for the first time, you're like seeing a Joe that we're also all seeing for the first time, which I think is really cool. So we didn't know the code name of this guy until then, and we now know that his code name is Failsafe. He's a weapons systems officer, real name Wayne Ruthel. His primary military specialty is fixed wing pilot for both single and multiple engines. Born in Bethpage, New York, and his secondary specialty is flight instructor. Uh, he's grade 03, which is lieutenant, which I think is I think flight instructor is a cool. Secondary, especially that you don't really see. His file card reads: From the day he first got his hands on a computer, Failsafe had his hand glued to the control stick of a flight simulator, using an almost preternatural awareness of his surroundings and nimble reflexes to master near impossible maneuvers. That only eased up when Failsafe graduated to actual planes in the Navy, where his even-keeled demeanor and nerves of steel under the most stressful situations rocketed him through the ranks and ultimately to the attention of GI Joe, the perfect counterpoint to Ace's brash confidence. 
Failsafe serves as a Sky Striker's weapon systems officer, working in flawless tandem with his pilot and best friend. I love that, man. This is a good yeah. file card. I'm, I, file cards fell off a lot when Larry stopped writing them. And I think that this is somebody really did a good work. Also, you know, we haven't seen a single file card in all English in uh, quite a bit. So actually seeing a, a full file card, just like in the old days, is a real return to form that I think is really, really good. I'm very excited for this figure, and I'm excited to see what people do with him. There's nothing, I, if I, I I cannot drill this home harder, there's nothing I love better than a, a Joe or Cobra that has little to no backstory, and the community develops him in their own way. Like, they take the limited information they have, basically this file card, and they adapt his personality. They grow who he is as a character, and I'm looking forward to seeing what people do with it. I'd love to see, like, uh, customs with him and you know i'd like to have a modern version of failsafe i welcome him openly into the family as i make a spot for him on my shelf and find <laughs> other characters go with him i wanted to touch on that because I, I do think that was important and i was looking forward to seeing what code name they were going to give him and kind of like how they were going to drive his personality i think that's an absolutely great code name absolutely great code name yeah, I think they crushed it, and it just makes me even more excited for what's to come with those. I can't wait to see the, all of these. You know, we've only seen digital renders of a lot of the figures that were going to come with the Sky Striker. I'm excited to see that that actualized Scarlet and that Ripcord, but not that Flat Crew. <laughs> it's not wasn't a perfect one. So no, no ketchup and mustard. Yeah, uh, no uh, Murtaugh and Riggs. So. <laughs> Is that, I think we've covered everything except for the crossover set. Yep, so I agree. I think let's, so. Let's talk about the crossover set. Lots of people were very excited about this, and we got a little bit of an info drop on it right beforehand because Transformer sites especially seemed to start started reporting on, they were finding like listings for it, and they were trying to find the specifics. I'm, of course, speaking of the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover with Megatron and Baroness. The community has talked a long time about the concept of Transformers that actually turn into G.I. Joe or Cobra vehicles for a very long time. And up to this point, the, probably the closest thing we've already, we've gotten is those San Diego Comic-Con exclusive sets would come with a G.I. Joe vehicle or Cobra vehicle that has been repainted to resemble a Transformer, but didn't transform in any way because that would obviously take a lot of work. And in this instance, they've done the work. And now you actually have a Megatron that transforms into a Hiss tank. And it comes with a vintage-style Baroness that can kind of, like, fit in the canopy. They've changed the gun on the Hiss, so now the, like, actual swivel cannon has a huge honking gun on top of the regular cannon. <laughs> um, and I, not it doesn't look off-putting at all. Um, like, I, I'm assuming they've, they've needed that piece for Megatron in some way. And looking at the Hiss tank itself, it's... Quite a bit different than the molds that we've seen so far, because obviously they've had to design this for the ground up. Maybe most notably that this is doesn't have stickers on it. All of these seem to have like, I don't know what the if, how they do this, but the all of the stuff is like a pre-printed on the his tank, like the numbers and the yeah. logos and everything. Which I mean, I guess saves me the trouble of steadying my hands and having to do the sticker application myself <laughs> something that is but equal parts calming for me and uh anxiety reading for me when you're trying to place incredibly small things in a you know in perfect symmetry 
It's sometimes it's it's sometimes okay to just do the lifting for me. Certainly having uh stickered a sky striker last year, which is just about the most tedious thing, has about a hundred and fifty like step here or like warnings that are <laughs> just littered all over it. So I'm not too upset that they did the heavy lifting for me. I think the Baroness figure looks really good. She's got kind of a flat black approach, uh, which I think works for her. And is, I mean, you know, it's the exact same thing as a V1. I think that the flesh tone works better with this figure because it's a full face. And the glasses look better. Even the eye design, if you look at this one where she's sitting in the cockpit, I kind of like zoom in on the eye. It does have mm-hmm. more of that realism that I was hoping for than the officers do. Uh, just, it's just like, instead of having a, like an eyebrow and a pupil, you can see very small design around the eye that actually like creates the, where the eye is, like the shape of the eye itself. And I think a little bit like that goes a long way. The hair also has like a way better, like flowy approach. It kind of hits her shoulders and flows down behind it. Looks great. Really good figure. Probably the thing I'm the most excited about because I'm getting ready to launch into why I don't like this. So this is not the first time we've seen, you know, Transformers kind of cross over in the G.I. Joe universe. Uh, we see them, you know, all every so often they try to make it work again because they're the two most successful properties that they probably have. And they seem to complement each other a lot. thing that bothers me is Transformers are never even remotely close to the correct scale for this universe. And I say that knowing maybe what my hopes are is a pipe dream because if you see when, you know, when transformers appear in the GI Joe comic book, you would see Cobra commander like standing in the palm of Megatron's hand. Like he could lay down and take a Mm -hmm. nap on his hand. Yeah. So I, you know, size wise, that means these guys are huge. They should be the size of like a building. And to my knowledge, and which is limited, I know very little about transformers full stop. They've never really made anything correctly sized to that scale when the G.I. Joe Revolutions crossover was happening and it was they literally were like, everything Hasbro owns all exists together. Transformers, yes. G.I. Joe, yes. ROM, sure. Micronauts, why not? They like crammed it all together and I started looking for some Transformers that were like really popular. Like, I think Skywarp is the name of the, he was like a Decepticon, he turned into a Transformer and then he was on the team. Like he was actually in the G.I. Joe book in every issue and I was kind of into that and I thought man, I want to get a Skywarp that you know, kind of would be reflective of the right scale. Well, Skywarp transforms into a jet. So I couldn't find anything. I've bought the biggest Skywarp I could find. And it still would just, it's close. I mean, it's better, better than this. It still wasn't quite there. And so again, I'm acknowledging that if they made a Megatron in the correct scale, he would be an absolute behemoth. And the price point would probably scare off most people. But because it's so, it's not even close to the right scale it 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 throws me off i think it's a good looking megatron and i think that it works well with the joes but but, uh, again the size thing is always going to be off-putting to me i'll buy this but i'm not excited about it like the community i know as a whole is (laughs) is freaking out I, i this is maybe the most radical departure from like the 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 overall community everybody's probably the most excited about this crossover, I couldn't care less. Everybody's up in arms because they wasted a spot on Kamakura. He's one of my favorite figures. I'm nor- <laughs> it's normally not like this. I usually align a lot more with, that with how the people feel. And then this one, I'm di- I, I don't. I'm, I did pre-order this. I have no, I'm like, I, 
I have no real solid interest in it. I don't love the Transformers. Um, there's only room in my heart for one property, and it's, it's exclusively G.I. Joe. I can name... Jaren, you... I mean, obviously, you're coming into G.I. Joe, and you didn't hardly know anything about it. Uh, what about Transformers, which has a slightly higher profile because of the movies? Do you know anything about Transformers? I know more about... So coming before I started this podcast, I knew way more about Transformers than I know about Joe. Um, I was a kid who grew up with some of the toys. I grew up around the Armada was the toys that were popular when I was into them, which was apparently not a good series or set of toys. I don't care. I loved them. Um, But it was a very narrow window. You know, I moved off of Transformers pretty quick. So, like, I know a little bit about Joe. I know I know a decent amount of characters. I've watched the newest cartoons on Netflix, which are really good, but I don't collect. I've, I own I own two Transformers, and that's it. And one of them I got because it was on sale, and I just wanted to buy something because I have that weird rule where if I go into a store, I had to buy something. So um, That's almost exactly where I am. I literally bought the two figures that they were using in Rebel. I bought that Skywarp and I bought a cup, which is like a little car that was teamed up with Action Man. Uh, also, mm-hmm. also not the correct scale, but because he's a car and not a flipping jet, it was a little bit more realistic. Um, let's play a game real quick. I know we're running long, but we're almost done. Uh, well, let's take turns naming Transformers until somebody can't name one and then they lose. Yeah, and I'll even let you go first. <laughs> Ready, go. Optimus Prime. Uh, Megatron. Uh, Sky Starscream. Soundwave. Jetfire. Cup. <laughs> Hot Rod. Bumblebee. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, oh, gosh. Um, uh, oh, wow. Why can't I think of any more? RC. Cliff Jumper. He's like the red Bumblebee. Yeah, he's the one who gets killed in every every single thing. I actually he's had the him, red shirt from. Not to interrupt this game, and and I shouldn't <laughs> give you extra time to think. But when I was a kid, I I did buy some Transformers, but Transformers were so expensive. I could only buy Transformers that were like Bumblebee. They had to be like super super tiny. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the transforming yeah. steps would be like pull his legs out, pull his arms out. Hi, <laughs> right, you done? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I have the original. I have a. I have a. They did a recreation of the Gen One. Bumblebee. That's one of the two Transformers I have. Like right. They, they re- re-released them just recently, uh, and I go Soundwave. I said Soundwave. You lose. <laughs> ah, dang it. Shockwave. They're the exact same thing. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, Maybe I lose. I don't same. know. No, no, uh, no. No, they're not the same. They just have very similar names, and they're both, like, purplish. Oh, fair enough. All right. Um, we all both right. lose because we played that uh, game. I don't know. Yeah. Find our, <laughs> find our sister podcast, Anything transforms on available exclusively <laughs> on our patreon feed <laughs> all right so that's going to bring it to the end of the coverage of the 40th anniversary live stream i mean what an amazing year it's already shaping up to be for gi joe like just releases like i'd never imagined that uh, you know the line has had lots of ups and downs since i've been collecting and i can't think of the last time things have been firing on all cylinders like they are right now so I'm and so I'm over the moon. Like just about every time something comes out, I get excited. Even the stuff that I'm feel lackluster about, as a diehard enthusiast, there's still a part of me that's like, sweet new GI Joe stuff. So yeah, that's gonna do it for us. We ran a little long because there was so much news to cover, but uh, I wanted to make sure we tackled as much of it as possible. We've got whew, lots of stuff coming up. We you know and we'll be back in two weeks 
we and we're back on the original Marvel run. So if you're reading ahead or you want to prepare to read with us, we're reading GI Joe number eleven. It's the introduction of several new characters to the team and really kind of starts like if I was breaking these up, this is like season two of the Marvel run because things start to change a lot from the mentality of how the original 13 books were written, where it starts to take a more, you know, we read a lot of stories that were one or two parts and very self-contained because I don't think they really knew what the future held for the book. And by the first year, I think they knew that they had an absolute runaway hit. And so the storyline starts to carry over from book to book. You get a more cohesive continuity and things start to develop very aggressively as the toy line starts to ramp up. So I'm excited to get back to that. I really enjoyed reading the declassified stuff and talking about Shooter, uh, but my heart and soul belongs to the old Marvel run. So I'm looking forward to, to getting back into that. We also have, uh, I'm working on a video for the YouTube channel that I will let everybody know when it's ready. But essentially the shelves that I've been developing to house my figure collection is basically done at the, uh, at the morning that we're recording this, the guy that installed them for me is coming to lower the last shelf about an inch and a half because it wasn't quite enough room to hold all. Yeah. I couldn't quite get people on that last riser. Once that's done, I'm going to do a last step organization, make sure everybody's where I want it. And I've done the kind of the numbering on what I'll, what I can get on it. I can basically hold, just about every single figure with the exclusion of con exclusive figures and FSS figures, which is very exciting because it, I mean, there's no room to expand. So, uh, I will have to find somewhere else to put the new vintage stuff that's mm-hmm. coming out. But it as a whole is the first time my collection has ever been all together and all represented at the same time. And it's very exciting. And I'm excited to show it to you. I don't show my collection off a whole lot because I always feel like it teeters on bragging and I, really don't like that. I don't want to be like, check me out. I'm a lifelong collector and I got such a baller collection, but I am very proud of the collection that I've built in my lifetime. And I I do like to share that uh, with people that are interested in it. So look for that soon. I've, you know, I filmed a lot of stuff already and I'm looking forward to showing it off and uh, talking to everybody about it. And I, so I would expect to see that in the next maybe two or three weeks. I'll have it ready to roll. It won't be a very long video. We'll just kind of look at what's up and, you know, have a little conversation about it. So that's it. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening today. If you'd like to reach out to us on social media, you can find us at Anything Joe's Pod. That's on our Facebook. That's our Twitter. That's our Instagram. Uh, and that's our email, anythingjoespod at gmail.com. You can also find our YouTube channel, just under flat out Anything Joe's. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, write us, uh, find us on social media. I, you can talk to me directly on Twitter. You can talk to Jaren directly on Instagram. Sometimes when Jaren's asleep, I post things on our Instagram like a little, like a little sneaky snake. And that's, that'll do it for us today. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again in just two short weeks where anything's available for discussion here on Anything Joe's.